0: Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity.
1: I realized I had no idea how to get a job out of school in entertainment. I had these unbelievable professors that were as good as it gets, who looked at me like, you're crazy. You want to go into entertainment news? That's not really a job.
2: We love filmmakers and film festival attendees coming together to watch great films, potentially exposing films that people may, maybe have not seen before to a new audience. And that's something that we felt it was, it was a need or something we needed to do. Looking around the landscape of festivals in Los Angeles and worldwide, for short
0: specifically. Monetizing your creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents?
3: I think what's always attracted me about marketing is that everybody needs it and I don't think necessarily everyone can do it. I think it takes a stronger personality and I think it takes somebody who can accept criticism and not let it go to their head or their heart.
4: I started the job of becoming an agent. Once you achieve a certain amount of success, all of a sudden, The young talent were starting to beat down my doors based on my ability to have some of these people produce quite well and very quickly. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing
0: producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis, and joining me is your co-host, Fred Keating.
5: Hello, Marvin. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another one of our themed episodes where we talk to different people on the same topic. The topic of this episode is making it in L.A. That's Los Angeles. Making it in L.A. How people get their start in media in a city that is already an oversaturated marketplace full of folks trying to get a foothold in the film and television industries.
0: Well, Fred, we've said many times that everyone's path in the creative and interpretive arts is unique. If there was a surefire way to make your way to the top of the heap in L.A., surely it would have become common knowledge, and by now, everyone would be able to do it. Well, you're right as usual, Marv, but it's it's still interesting to me to hear some of those
5: unique personal stories, because often... There's an idea or a tip shared that I never would have known about otherwise. And as they say, if the shoe fits, wear it. If something someone shares about their own experience resonates with you, give it a try.
0: What's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work for you. It's always interesting for me to listen to people describe their own careers and the various opportunities that arise because of the decision they've made to see what's out there or to capitalize on the kinds of skills and activities they enjoyed as youngsters.
5: Indeed. And it's always interesting to learn about the various high-profile performers and directors we feel we know on a face-to-face basis. But we've also talked about how many different occupations are related to and supportive of the production process. Many, many ways to get involved.
0: So the guests you met on your recent trip to Los Angeles weren't performers or directors or cinematographers? No, they were not. They were,
5: however, a former model and TV host that has added skills in digital marketing, style consulting, and blogging to give her multiple streams of revenue. An entertainment consultant who also works as a producer of a digital series and an assistant director on the side. Another entrepreneur who developed a great way to stay in front of the filmmakers that he hopes to collaborate with in the future. And a former business executive who became a talent agent. In other words,
0: there are lots of ways to make it in L.A., those are the exact words I'd use. You were very impressed with Kachita Hines, a multi-talented young woman with a variety of business interests in film and television.
5: I was impressed by the planning she put into her initial foray into L.A., but I'll let her tell you about it. You have so many different adventures in the entertainment industry. Can you tell us how you first got into this business.
1: Yes. You know, my first job in Los Angeles right out of college was at E! Entertainment for the Style Network. I got into a job working on a show called Glow. It was Jennifer Lopez's sister, was the host of the show. I happened to look exactly like her. So not only was I the assistant, but I was her stand in and really got to jump really headfirst into the entertainment industry.
5: But you did have some formal training in journalism, did you not?
1: I went to the University of Missouri Journalism School and received my degree in broadcast journalism. And while I was there, I had the opportunity to work at an NBC affiliate as a reporter and doing some anchoring as well. And that experience really led me to realize how much I enjoyed entertainment and on-camera work, and not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera. When they say it takes a village, it really takes a village to make sure things run properly and smoothly.
5: So what brought a Midwestern girl like you to the City of Angels?
1: I realized I had no idea how to get a job out of school in entertainment. I had these unbelievable professors that were as good as it gets who looked at me like, you're crazy. You want to go into entertainment news? That's not really a job. Well, that year, Jan Carl, who was an entertainment reporter, very successful in entertainment, uh, Entertainment Tonight and many other places, she came back as the alumni that we were honoring for Homecoming. And I realized, you know what, in speaking to her, you just have to get out there. And unlike regular news, where it was, you got to go work in every tiny city and work your way up, She was like, go to LA or New York, go to where things are happening, and she was right. So instead of going on a crazy spring break like most of my friends, I packed up my bags, flew out to Los Angeles with a dear friend, and prior to coming out, I made informational meetings with alumni from my school in every part of the entertainment field you can imagine. Some of these people then became mentors to me. One of the things that I I realized is the University of Missouri they are known for what we call the Mizzou Mafia. So as a student, you're kind of told and taught if a student ever reaches out to you in the future, you take care of that person. And so I was very fortunate that the moment I reached out to each and every one of these people, I said, you know, I just kind of reached out via email, phone, whatever it took to get a hold of them. And every single person we reached out to, my friend and I, they responded. So that was one of the the head producers of The Tonight Show a producer at E! Entertainment, a producer at local news here in Los Angeles, but the morning show, kind of entertainment show, and also a film director. So we reached out to the best of the best in each field, and we're lucky enough to be able to both get jobs out of the experience, but also meet people who gave us amazing guidance, and for years to come after that, we stayed in touch with.
0: Wow, Fred, a couple of things really jump out at me here. First. Kachita didn't just hop off the bus in LA as a wide-eyed innocent, hoping that she'd instantly be discovered and become a star. She had already trained and had a track record in local and regional broadcasting, so she wasn't asking any of her potential mentors for a job with paid on-the-job training, but merely for advice and counsel on how and where she might apply her already sharpened skills.
5: Well, that makes an initial interview or conversation a lot more comfortable for both parties, the mentor and the mentee. And the other thing that you found interesting?
0: I was impressed that the last thing Kachita mentioned to you was that she had stayed in touch with those people who had helped her when she first arrived. That says to me that she appreciated their advice and counsel and maintained those relationships as two-way streets. And I imagine her passing on that tradition to other new arrivals she may meet in the future.
5: Well, she does, Marv. She does. If our listeners are interested in more of Kachita's professional activities, you can search the web for Style on the Spot. That's her retro vamp service that helps people display their own unique brand through clothing and accessories. You can also check out Kachita Hines' profile on LinkedIn and see for yourself the place that she's created for herself. Her name is spelled C-A-C-H-I-T-A, Kachita Hines, H-Y-N-E-S. Did I mention she also provides services to companies on how to capitalize on digital marketing opportunities around the world?
0: Well, she was, after all, MGM's Marketing Director of Worldwide Distribution. Talk about leveraging connections.
5: Well, speaking of connections, Marvin, it was one of our connections, entertainment consultant Kelly Wilson, who connected me with Kachita in L.A.
0: That makes sense, Fred, seeing as she's been a big help to us in the past in terms of arranging interviews with celebrities. Did you ever ask Kelly the exact definition of an entertainment consultant? First words out of my mouth, Marv. Kelly
5: is the embodiment of a person who has found and exploited a number of ways to make a living following her passion for helping others successfully launch their own creative endeavors.
0: And did she ever actually explain what an entertainment consultant does?
5: She did, right off the top of our chat. Here's what Kelly Wilson had to say about making it in L.A. What is an entertainment consultant? Do people call you and ask you what they should be watching that evening on telly?
3: (laughs) No, I wish they should call me and ask me that. Basically, an entertainment consultant, as you've said before, I do public relations, PR, which is marketing and also getting people interviews like I've done for you guys getting people press, getting themselves into media outlets, into the press, into the trade papers, things like that. Other things that I actually do as well is I'm a producer for digital series and I also assistant direct. And so basically it's what do you need me for? And I will help you do that. I also connect to a lot of people. So if people are looking for other people to shoot something, you know, maybe a digital series, TV, commercial, I'm going to help them do that. And I'm going to help them find the right people as well.
5: So you, in fact, share your personal and professional network with people who would benefit by being connected to some of the people you know.
3: Yes, that's exactly what I do and something we can get into. But one of my clients actually is a networking organization. And so through that, I'll find even more people to connect with.
5: What specific services can you offer? Do they come to you and say, I need a stronger online presence? Or can you get me the cover of People magazine?
3: Well, first of all, I mainly work with companies or films or specific projects. Uh, I very rarely work with an individual, but someone they would come to me and basically I would say online presence digital marketing is becoming number one as unfortunately where newspapers and you know, actually print papers are dying out. And so a lot of people come to me in order to promote either a project or a TV show or their app, or their company. I help with social media. I do a lot of high-end events as well, which is something that is nice because that's not a dying art, (laughs) is that people want to actually see other people. (laughs) And so that's, I think, something that people will come to me for. I think what's always attracted me about marketing is that everybody needs it, and I don't think necessarily everyone can do it. I think it takes a stronger personality and I think it takes somebody who can accept criticism and not let it go to their head or their heart and so yeah I don't know I think it's just seeing everybody market you know films or market the things that I've been in and seeing what works and what doesn't work I think that's kind of attracted me to it and there's a creativity side to that as well so it's not just running numbers or sitting at a desk all day it's how can I make this better how can I make them better and how can I reach a wider audience.
5: Can you tell me about some of the traits that you have either continued to gather or that you think are absolutely essential to do what you do well?
3: Absolutely. I think something that I have carried over from when I was acting is that regardless of what is happening on the other side of the door, the minute that you meet somebody new, you meet a client, you meet a guest, you meet... In attendee you can turn it on in a sense and show that you're happy to see them show that you're willing to help show them that they're welcome there I think that is something that is so essential especially in PR is marketing yourself and marketing the company you work for regardless that there might be a fire in the other room everybody else in the room you are currently in doesn't need to know that They need to think that things are running smoothly. They need to think that it's the best day ever. (laughs) Basically, if everything is going wrong, you need to make sure your client and anyone else involved with your client thinks it's all going right. Because your job is also to clean it up and to make sure that it does go right. And so something that I've seen from people just, just by doing PR and doing marketing, something I've seen is that People show what's going on, and I'll tell people that I've worked with, they might see me freaking out, but they'd never see me freaking out in front of somebody else. I don't think I need to necessarily hide my true feelings to them because they're my teammates. They need to know that it's, we need to now get something done. But They also need to be able to switch that and switch into the happiness, everything's cool and chill. And so that is definitely something I've taken from acting is being able to just switch
0: (laughs) and turn it on. So what did you take away from that interview, Fred? Be the
5: duck. Be the duck? Yeah, you know how you see ducks in a pond. They seem so serene as they glide effortlessly over the surface of the water, barely a ripple behind them. They make sudden sharp little zigs and zags, silently and precisely. But if you could look underneath the water's surface, you would see they are paddling like crazy to get wherever they're going. Maybe the lesson there is be proud to demonstrate your
0: skill, but keep hidden the hard work and energy that goes into it. So in other words, while Kelly is putting on her game face and making everyone she meets feel comfortable at an event, even if things are falling apart behind the scenes, that turn-it-on energy she's exuding keeps things moving forward?
5: Yep, that's part of the job. Keep on paddling. If you're freaking out don't let it show. Anxiety is contagious. If you appear as if all is well, that appearance is contagious too. And then you and your team can solve whatever the challenge is without getting everybody in the vicinity all heated up about something they have no control over.
0: Sounds a bit like our podcast production process Fred
5: yes it does and and that would make you the Duke of Ducks because nothing ever seems to ruffle your feathers
0: tell us about Daniel Sowell
5: great guy who along with Theo Dumont his boyhood pal from Miami Florida came to LA looking for a way to make themselves a part of the community
0: you know Fred when in search of mutually beneficial relationships sometimes helps if you have something to bring to the relationship that sets you apart from others some value-added proposition that makes it worthwhile for your potential new relationship with someone else to keep growing.
5: You're in the ballpark, Marv. Listen
0: to how Daniel Soule
5: and his friend Theo began to attract and enhance some attention from people in the LA film and television industry. Daniel described to me how the partnership started and how they as well as others we've spoken with arrived in LA with a set of marketable skills already practiced and simply began to search for the right
0: vehicle in which to use them. And when they didn't find one, they created one, right? And that's how the fabulous Hollywood Shorts Film Festival came about in 2004 and has grown exceptionally over the years. Let's hear Daniel share with us the why and the how of the now famous and fabulous Hollywood Shorts Festival. Essentially, it was always sort of a partnership, right? I mean, we are close friends, best friends
2: played basketball together in high school, grew up together, you know. So we had a lot of similar, of course, passions, interests. You know, we love film, love movies, love the business, wanted to learn that. We love movie makers, actors, all of that stuff. My brother was an actor. Theo loved public relations, wanted to do PR stuff. So we had all these interests in the event space, throwing these parties and events, bringing people together. So all those similar interests there. So when we got here... It's a filling out process of how do you break in the business? What do you do to break in? Part of it was we felt, one, we, we just needed to make something happen. We felt like doing events and bringing people together this way was one way of saying, okay, we're in our early 20s. No one knows who we are. We need to do something to make our own name for ourselves and make some noise here, and then secondly, to bring people together with that. So if we do a like a fun comedy show we did we did like years before the festival started we did some stuff Some comedians brought together and we would do comedy little five-minute segments people can write their own piece and perform it on stage things like that so we were putting shows together you get fifty people out for a one-day show you know it was just something to get those juices flowing and also try to make something happen so i
5: think that was part of what we were doing already and, and something that we were like a natural partners that way building an event such as a film festival is one of the ways to promote one's own skill set and perhaps raise your profile within the community of folks you hope might in fact hire you someday to do something
2: well for one we we really loved the festival idea we love filmmakers and film festival attendees coming together to watch great films potentially exposing films that people may, maybe have not seen before to a new audience so all of that was exciting and that's something that we felt it was it was a need or something we needed to do looking around the landscape of festivals in los angeles and worldwide for short specifically and again, this is 2004. We're not talking now, where you think of shorts and online, all these websites and whatnot, and and you know more festivals that have come about uh, in, the, in the whole digital landscape. So that's changed. But back then, there wasn't much. And 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 having experience going to school and film school, you know, and things like that, you see people need a place to, after their film is done. You go to film school, and you walk out of there, and you have a film. And where do you go with it? That need for exposure for these artists was something we felt was a necessity, and something we can pursue and do Uh, you know so with that we decided that it was it was worth a chance and gave that chance and it happened to work out well so you know that was that was something we, we just we really wanted to do so I always tell people I suggest if you feel passionately about it then do it try to put yourself out there make something happen the only way to do something is by just getting up and literally doing it so for us it has helped us make relationships, potential business relationships, friendships with people that are fantastic and talented and awesome and really cool. And we've been really lucky to be able to meet all these people over these years. I mean, to start from year one to year thirteen, now the network has grown to, you know, email list of probably fifty thousand emails and you know attendees of I can't even say exact numbers, but thousands a year and four hundred films a year screened. That's a lot of people involved in these projects. Uh, it's a lot of relationships, a lot of uh, people you get to meet. And a lot of people, that can benefit potentially you in the future, right? We can maybe collaborate
5: and work together. It always comes back to relationships, doesn't it?
0: Yep, starting them, sustaining them, building on them to generate more relationships. Now, our next guest built relationships with his clients and his customers. Michael Levitt made a midlife career change from being a successful businessman in Los Angeles to becoming a talent agent in the burgeoning television and film media market in Vancouver, Canada.
5: That's right, Mark. Michael Levitt took the experience he had in business and applied the principles of mentoring and marketing he had sharpened in business and shared those with the young performers he attracted to the agency in Vancouver. In addition to the amount of American production shot in Canada, some of his young performers may wish to make the move south themselves, and Michael is familiar enough with the Los Angeles market to help them there as well.
0: Now at the time of this interview, Michael had returned to L.A., He's using his experience to attract the attention of L.A. casting directors and convince them that they should explore some new faces in both cities. Let's hear Michael's story.
4: I was 60 years old. Never before had I entertained going into this business, but because it was my daughter's business, I used the skills and the efficiencies that I've learned through the years to sort out what I would think would be talent that is deserving of opportunity. And on those premises, I started the job of becoming an agent. It was very shortly learned that once you achieve a certain amount of success, all of a sudden, the young talent in Vancouver were starting to beat down my doors based on my ability to have some of these people produce quite well and very quickly. And very selectively, I chose the ones that I felt would be best to be represented by my daughter's agency. I wanted them to learn to be something creative in their read. I tried to explain to each of them that, without a doubt, all of the auditioners were equal based on their ability to read the lines, memorize the lines. But I really can't tell you and overemphasize, which was my axiom in life, is to learn to be different. How can I be chosen against others? That seemed to have worked very well for me. The ability to achieve is a measure of success, not only for those around, but more importantly, for yourself. I remind young people that... They have the ability to convince themselves and others how qualified they are by learning some traits that I think are essential. One is creativity. I've used that before. How can I make this role, this acting performance, be different than the other seven or eight auditioners that are going in for the same opportunity? So, creativity is one. Two is that they need to be so qualified and understanding the ability to communicate. Part of the other process is making yourself be able to communicate well with the reader that you're reading with or the uh, casting director and more importantly in this case of auditioning, the camera. How do I make myself look natural? And that to me Being creative and natural are the two highest ingredients to success for an actor.
5: Well, there you go. Apparently, all you have to do is act naturally, according to Buck Owens, Ringo Starr, and Michael Levitt. See, I'm I'm trying to resonate with all the
0: generations there. Nice try, Fred. What I found interesting in Michael's advice is that it could be as applicable in any occupation, career, or social interaction. Be creative and be natural. You may have just brought this episode to
5: a creative and natural close, Marv. Stage, screen, radio, podcast, whatever media you choose to pursue. There will always be people ready to help you pursue your goals. And by seeking out teachers, mentors, and fellow travelers, you will also be helping them to pursue their professional goals.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.